Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad and along with me as always is the beloved and oh so handsome Mr. Mike Hampton. Mike, how are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for asking. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you know what else is so great? That song you just heard from our beautiful partners at Soundstripe.com. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? I would absolutely agree. Now, wouldn't you think it would be awesome if we had like some really nice central music playing right now and then we were like, hey, Soundstripe.com. I think there should always be sensual music playing <laughs> in the background when we're talking. Oh, okay. You hear that, baby game? Um, yes, that's right. Soundstripe.com is our beloved uh, sponsor that has helped us out since day one. And uh, we love talking about them. As always, every song you hear in the beginning of each episode is brought to you by them. Uh, and the best part is, if you want access to this giant library of music to use in your movies, music videos, unboxing videos, or more, go to Soundstripe.com and use promo code UncleDadTalks10. Did I get it right this time, Mike? Uncle Dad Talks 10, that's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. And, oh, thank you. Yes, my, my old age. But actually, <clears throat> you know why I'm so good right now? I'll tell you why. Because our next sponsor gave me another raise. That's right. Raise energy drink is the greatest thing I've ever had because it just gets me so juiced. The flavors are so good. And uh, there's no sugar, no carbs. I mean, who doesn't, who doesn't want this holy elixir, right? Holy Holier than thou. I had an erase today as well. Did you? Yeah. Well, I did the raise. <laughs> this is the truth this time. A raise pre-workout. I did the ice blue or ice crush or something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so just quick correction, uh, Mike. That's actually by Rep Sports. Oh. <laughs> well, it's all the same thing, right? <laughs> it's all the same thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Did you like it, though? How did it make you feel when you took it? Yeah. Well, I was... Um, working hard and uh it gave me a it definitely gave me a lift so i didn't actually work out but i was working and so i think it all worked but if you did work out man you you had been set yeah i'd be swole you'd be so, so, swole <laughs> so i obviously didn't uh, work out <laughs> that's very true uh mike uh you know I know, but we got to make sure everybody knows. If you go to repsports.com uh, and look at any of their products, if you use promo code all under lowercase Uncle Dad, you'll actually get 15% off your purchase. Any Anything on there, you can get 15% off. Of course, that doesn't include anything on sale already or some sort of promotion. So just keep that in mind. But Mike, that's a pretty good deal, man, because you can basically get, uh, that's basically a free energy drink, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. I support I support all of this. I know you do. And what we always support here on Uncle Dad Talks, we always support artistic freedoms. That's Artists. Right. That's right. A bunch of freedom of speech, whatever you want to call it, we support it. And today's very special because our we have, this is the very first time in Uncle Dad Talks history. Now we can say that because we've been going for so long. Uncle Dad Talks history. That's right. We have three guests today. Isn't that crazy? So a total of five voices you will hear. Think about that, Mike. Yeah, we didn't just go from one to two guests. We went from one to three. So we just, we're just we just jumping right into the deep end of the pool 
with oh, a bunch yes. of people. We are with a bunch of people. Uh, you know, but we're all vaccinated, so that's why it's okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> but yes, we have three guests today. Uh, we will introduce them in when we come back from the break. But Mike, I'm very excited about this episode. One, I want to see how we're gonna do this. I believe in us, but you know, it's it's our first time. So every time the first time, every time we do anything for the first time, I get a little nervous. Yeah, well, that's life. So well, you know, you what are you gonna do? Yeah, you'd be all right. <laughs> Uh, and Mike, you know, uh, do you want to give our audience like a quick preview of what to expect? Well, sure. Yes. So there's a new newish comic book that has come out in the last few months that's actually been uh, pretty well received and it's pretty popular uh, from Image Comics and it's called Stray Dogs. And a couple of uh, friends of mine are, are working on the book. So we have uh, the layout, the writer, the layout artist, the writer, and the actual artist of uh, of the book all together here to talk about it and now that sounds like a party so we'll be right back after this ad break and we'll get the show on the road hey everyone baby gabe here with a quick pre-interview break first off we've rebranded uncle dad comics is now uncle dad studios we've gone through a lot of changes over our first year and have grown past just covering comic books we decided to change the name because we cover various topics and industries on the podcast and we have big plans for the future. You can now find Uncle Dad on Instagram at Uncle Dad Studios, but can still find me at babygabe underscore UDT and Mike at Mike Hampton Art. Reach out to us if you think there's a certain topic you think we should cover on the show. We'd love to hear from you. If you enjoyed the interview, consider giving us a review on whichever podcasting app you use that allows it. It supports the show and helps us get in front of more people. More announcements will be coming soon, but until then, I'll hand you back to Uncle Dad and Mike. Take care. All right, everybody, we are back here at Uncle Dad Talks and Mike. We have a full lineup as we just talked about. Um, this is one of those beautiful episodes where I get to hand the keys to you and you kind of, you know, lead the way and I'll chime in here and there. Mike, I'm so proud of you how much you've grown as, as a young man. Yeah. I just I can't get over it. It's it's amazing. Uh, so yes, uh, Mike, feel free and let's let's go ahead and let's introduce these amazing folks, please. Yeah, thank you. So uh, that was very nice of you to say, Uncle Dad, in front of all these people. So I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I mentioned, we have um, three of the of the main people that are involved in this image comic book, Stray Dogs. Um, we've got Tony Fleece, who's uh, worked on My Little Pony, Star Wars Adventures. He's worked with uh, IDW, Boom, Image. And Tony, real quick, I was also looking at things that you've done and I, I saw that you worked for the Bengals and the Brewers. What was that? What's that like? Uh, I used to uh, live in the Midwest and there's a scoreboard company out there called Dactronics. Like if you look at the big scoreboards in stadiums, they always say Dactronics at the bottom. That's for Dakota yeah. Electronics or whatever. Uh, and they would hire me to do things and then they would hire me out to professional sports teams and stuff. So like for the Brewers, I know I did like a bunch of redesigns on their mascot the Bengals. It's been so long. I think it was just like a, you know, like they play like an animated open at the beginning of a, of a game. I think I just storyboarded a couple of those, but it's been, that's probably been like 20 years ago now. Oh yeah. So even when they were still not good. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then we have Trish Forstner. Am I saying that yep. correct, Trish? That's exactly correct. Yeah. And so I saw I saw you also worked on My Little Pony. And and then 
I, I guess you've done a bunch of animation work. Is that, uh, is that not right? A, not, not a lot of animation work. Um, I love animation. Uh, animation is a passion of mine, but not, not as a job. Um, I've done My Little Pony uh, comics for a few years. I was a BronyCon uh, design person for seven years. And, um, you know, my professional, my professional credits are not that many, but what there are are quality. <laughs> good. Can I ask a quick question really quickly about BronyCon? How fun is that? Because I've heard nothing but amazing. Like, it's a grand time. Is it like a whole lot of fun? It's a big party. It's just, it's just a big weekend long party. Uh, the last one was in 2019. Uh, you know, they, that was the final one. And then, you know, COVID came, so it probably would have died off anyway, but it, it's a weekend long party. That's where I met Tony. Um, we both met at BernieCon and it was fantastic. Um, he, he would help us out with our convention book and, um, stuff like that. He was an honorary design team member. Yeah. I got a, I got a pin and everything. You got a pin and everything. Oh, That's you got the pen. I'm official. Oh, <laughs> you got the pen. Welcome, Trish. And uh, last but certainly not least, we have uh, Mr. Tone Rodriguez, who uh, who has also worked on uh, Simpsons at Bongo, Shadowhawk, Dexter, Snake Plissken, G.I. Joe. I mean, he's got a long, long list of projects he's worked on. Um, and Tone, you're doing the layouts in uh, in Stray Dogs, correct? Uh, yeah, that's uh, in the background. That, that's the title that Tony gave me. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony actually gives me layout. I I I do what I like to call the math. I do the thing where I make all the, every, the like the drawings work, I guess. So like um, so when when I'm done with them, we can hand it off to Trish, and then Trish can do her beautiful magic on top of it to make it look like her uh, animation style. But like I said, Tony will give me uh, like very simple roughs, but like I just tighten them up for Trish. That's all I do. And do you get a pin for that? <laughs> I have not received He's a, a mug. He got a mug. I was just going to say that. I had just literally opened it today. Uh, I get uh, our Yay! mail has been scattered to the four winds because I just moved to Northern Louisiana. And Trish sent me this lovely, lovely mug that I just realized was sitting here for the last week and a half or two weeks. And I wanted to take the opportunity <laughs> while we're on here to thank you very much for this lovely, lovely, lovely gesture. So thank you. Oh, yes, it was lovely. Well, I'm glad I made it there safe. Yeah, I, I mean, it probably did some really nice traveling. So got more miles than me this year. Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of, of, of having multiple guests, we've also have multiple time zones. We have three different time zones at once, right? So we've got, Tone, you said you're in, in, in northern Louisiana? Yes. Um, Trish, I know you're on the East Coast. Where are you at? Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore. Nice. And Tony's down in L.A. Yeah. All right, well. You guys are all here too, right? You're on the West Coast with me. Yeah, we're up in um, yes. uh, yeah. beautiful, uh, clean air, Northern California. Love it. Clean air. I love yeah. it. <laughs> For now. <laughs> yeah, before the fires start. Uh, Stray Dogs. Yeah, I, I, I've read the first two issues. I think it's really fun. The art, um, and I, I know that I'm not the only one to say this, has a real Don Bluth type of feel. It's been uh, 
kind of categorized as all dogs go to heaven meets silence of the lambs, uh, which is a very interesting mesh uh, for two comic for two stories to kind of come together in a comic book. And um, I guess, Tony, I want to ask you, when you were working on My Little Pony for all those years, did you feel you just needed some like horror or something? <laughs> uh, not my, my Little Pony in your life? Is that how the story came about? Yeah, it does sort of look like a reaction from the outside, right? Yeah. Like it looks like you're, I was just like, that's it. I can't draw another friendship. I got to, <laughs> we got to have something. I can't where draw any more rainbows. Dang it. Yeah. No more magic. No more friendship. Um, no, I mean, I guess probably a little bit. I mean, while I was working on My Little Pony all those years, I was always trying to get other creator-owned stuff going because that's sort of uh, where I'm hoping my career will end up, you know, where I just do creator-owned stuff all the time. Um, and so, but, but doing the ponies definitely made this story... Uh, sort of like paved the way for this story because when I had the idea for um, a, a killer who steals his victim's dogs, uh, which is what the, the, the premise of the book is that there's a, a serial killer and he takes his, his victim's dogs as trophies and the dogs don't know exactly what's going on. You know, like the, they have dog brains, so they're not, they don't know like, oh, this guy's clearly a serial killer and we're trophies. Like they're just trying to piece it together. Um, so it's like a mystery told from the perspective of dogs. Um, and the part where it's told from the perspective of dogs, I never would have got to, I don't think, if I hadn't worked in My Little Pony for all those years. You know, like telling stories from from ponies' perspectives sort of put me in the right headspace to just be like, oh, this could be with dogs. Like, this, it would make a lot of sense to do this with dogs. So did you have to spend a lot of time, with, like field work with lots of dogs to just really get a sense of dog, <laughs> dog brain? I mean, I... Mostly did field work with just my dogs. So like uh, th three different dogs, but over the course of, you know, several years. And the, and the idea that they're forgetful just strictly comes from the, from the idea that my dogs don't ever remember what I tell them. And then I looked at, like, it was important for the plot mechanics of the thing that dogs not have long-term memories. And so I did like do reading into it and looked into it and see what like dog brain scientists had to say about that and sort of found some found some writing that matched what I what I was looking for some confirmation bias and just sort of went with it from there yeah that's interesting I was going to actually ask about that later on but one of the main characters it's it's very specific that her memory you know she she can't remember kind of what what's happening but there is memory when she smells something yeah which they say I know a lot of memory is tied to to smell right so it's interesting to know that there's actual you know there's some facts in there too and uh Tone, you're a, you're. Would you call yourself a horror fan? You've done lots of kind of horror-related artwork. Would you Would you say you're a horror fan? Actually, no. I, I don't actually like being scared. <laughs> I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a big marshmallow man. I, I don't like uh, I don't like scary movies, uh, which is really weird because a lot of the stuff that we do or the stuff that I have done uh, tends to find its way into that. Uh, horror kind of genre violent style my size started off kind of being a horror you know police drama or whatever and it's just kind of where I ended up which is fine again I, I, I like the work so it's like when whenever something comes down the pike it's like I, I enjoy it um, 
it's very interesting because just before ponies, uh, pony, excuse me, uh, stray dog started, I just started working on a horror anthology and I just thought to myself, like, huh, now I'm working on horror again. It's like, it's, it's just a very interesting cycle. I just always seem to find myself back in it. So it's, uh, people love horror. I just don't like being scared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Whenever we watch mm-hmm. horror movies together, Tone would always do this thing where he'd go like, oh, that's fake. Oh, that's not real. Oh, that's fake. Like he was trying to psych himself out, you know, like <laughs> make sure he didn't get too scared in front of his boys. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, that, I'm with you. Yeah. Trista. And so, so you already said you guys met at, at BronyCon. Was it through, through just working there together or, or was it that Tony saw your art and that sparked a conversation that got you guys talking and then which eventually led to this? A little of A and B. Um, I know that he he saw my sketchbook at my table uh, one, I guess it was 2018, um, and pitched the idea to me just, I don't know, on the whim that this person who draws adorable, cute horses and dogs and, you know, animals and critters would be on board with this crazy murder story. Um, and I was, of course, because it's like right up my alley. Uh, old animation is like my jam. So, of course, I had to be involved. Like, it was almost an instantaneous yes, wouldn't you say, Tony? Yeah, yeah, it was It was a great relief because I had seen, I, I guess your sketchbook came out that year and I bought it that year in 2018, but I had seen some of the art that's inside of it, like on your website. Uh, oh, yeah, my website and Twitter. And, I, and so I was like, oh, like I'd seen your drawings of dogs and I was like, oh, this, she's so great at drawing dogs. I would love it if this lady did this. And then uh, I, I knew Trish through going to BronyCon and, and like working with her on the on the design stuff there but then like we hadn't had you know like we never had a full conversation like we hadn't talked for more than five minutes at a time you know so it was it was a real blessing that she was just like oh yeah I'm into this that old like blue animation style is like my it's my favorite it's like my aesthetic so I kind of grew up drawing that sort of thing um, and I always liked blue stories anyway, as opposed to Disney. I mean, I, of course, I'm a huge Disney child, uh, but I liked blue stories more because the, the juxtaposition between light and dark was more, it was, it was just more. And, and so, of course, you know, his stories always seemed more interesting. They had better, more compelling bad guys. And, you know, even like The Secret of Nim is like one of those stories where it takes place in a human world and you don't really see the humans that much, but you see it from the perspective of these rats and the mice. And so, I mean, really the idea of stray dogs really wasn't that far from there. So, Trish, I just wanted to ask, um, what is it, what do you think, what is the key to drawing like the perfect dog? <laughs> uh, well, so there's all kinds of dogs. Like in this story, we have 11 different dogs, right? Fluffy ones, skinny ones, just, you know, smooth coated ones, whatever. Um, just, they just have to look convincing. Like they just have to look like they'd be a good dog. Cause I mean, all dogs are good, right? We all saw all dogs go to heaven. All dogs are good. All dogs are good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, you know, I, we just kind of went down the line and, we picked out, you know, I think some of them were based on like your typical horror movie tro- tropes. Like, you know, you've got your dashing male type and then you've got your little, you know, the, the girl who always comes through in the end 
and and you get your your snarly old bad guy or your more uh, you know like the guy at the gas station good guy, says don't yeah. go down that road yeah like yeah. <laughs> you won't like what's down there yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's it's I just think that, you know, all the designs have to look convincing. They have to look appealing. And who doesn't love a dog? Like, you know. Who doesn't love a dog indeed? Well, Trisha's dogs, <laughs> Trisha's dogs too, sort of, it seems like they are born out of the character, you know, like the, they have the emotion and the, like the acting is going on even before she gets the whole thing sketched out. Like we work in this really collaborative way where we're on Dropbox and we can just sort of see what the other person's doing uh, whenever they save, you know, like a new version pops up. And so I'll see like, oh, she just has a rough sketch in there, but she's done all the acting and like all the characters there before she's even gone in and, and sort of like tightened up, you know, like where the feet are, you know, like how, you know, how the ears shaped or whatever, like it really comes out of the character first. Like that's, that's one of her real strengths. Take that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's no, bad dogs there's just bad owners right yeah, <laughs> yeah. i love yeah, that. that and that's really interesting like yeah um but it's also it's interesting how you guys kind of work collaborative collaboratively through dropbox you know you just can like i i imagine it going something like this tony's doing the layouts boom he pops in the dropbox trish picks it up tony's over there writing doing what writers do after the, the writing has been done uh, a lot I of drinking, supervising, <laughs> yeah, um, poking and prodding. Uh, who does the character, like the design of the characters? Was that all you, Trish, or was that a combination of the three all kind of working together? I think that Tony and I did a lot of collaboration on um, on the design aspects. He told me what he was looking for. I did the base sketches. We kind of tightened them up from there. We picked a couple of dogs, like my dog is in it. Uh, as one of the characters and his dogs in it as one of the characters and we we paid homage to um another person's dog that's the the pug killer so you know we we kind of took a couple of things from real life but then uh of course you know we went back and forth we picked a couple of breeds like we knew we wanted this chinese crested he had to look she had to look you know crazy weird and we knew what kind of personality we wanted for her and then, of course, you know, we had like a rusty character. The rusty character had to be kind of like a strong dog, look kind of rough, but at the same time, you know, could be like the dashing hero type. So we went back and forth on that one a little bit. And I think, you know, the rest of it just kind of fell into place. It was real fast. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of dogs. There's a lot of characters in this. And there's a lot of dogs. This guy, this killer guy has been very busy. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the, the point. I had a... I have a lot of friends that would like read the scripts or help me with notes or, you know, like look at drafts and stuff. And one of the notes I got early on was a friend was like, you've got way too many characters, you know, like 11 dogs. There's no way to keep track of all that. And I was like, yeah, but if it's less then the, the killer's not as bad, you know, like the more dogs there are, the more scary it is because you could like, he's been up to awful shit, you know, like there's, he's been up to no good at all. Yeah. But speaking of, okay. So, Here's one thing I noticed when I was uh, reading book two. Um, in the first panel, there's there's a you know kind of an open spread page of of the room where he's sleeping and all the dogs are sleeping, and the killer is laying in bed and he's wearing his socks to sleep. 
and that's <laughs> clearly like, a clear sign that's that a, he's a crazy he's bad clearly man. psycho <laughs> yeah. i'm assuming that was very intentional right yeah for sure i mean i sleep in socks sometimes okay so you 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 remember putting that in your original layout then yeah I th- oh i don't know if it was <laughs> okay. in the sketch you drew that right. in the studio uh, so I don't even know how detailed yeah, yeah. I would have done originally. It's like we were just working together on yeah. that. Um, so it might have been you. Yeah, I I think it just looked weird sleeping in socks. I because I I I can't sleep with my socks on. That just sounds crazy. So I I no. was to sit here and go, hmm, <laughs> is is Tony a genius or did we just go like, no, this is weird looking, or somebody didn't want to draw feet. <laughs> that, that that could a probably little be column a, a little column a <laughs> little oh, oh my god what a smart artist though to go ahead and hide his yeah, yeah. <laughs> hiding his weaknesses i hate drawing feet so i don't blame you if that's the yeah yeah so the book's obviously um actually doing very well right like a lot the, is issue one i know went into um like second printing is issue two also already in a second printing yeah yep yeah second printing of issue two comes out on the 28th so that's in two weeks from now. Awesome. Yeah, the book's doing great. Uh, like, especially for, you know, me and Trish being names that people that just buy image comics or buy, you know, like grownups who buy comics might not have heard of us. Um, and so it seems like it's just sort of selling on the strength of the premise. And, and you know, like people see the artwork and they just go like, oh, yeah, I'll read that. So it feels uh, it feels really great uh, to sort of get one off, you know, like we're just like, <laughs> you know so many times in comics you just put put something out there and it's just sort of like it lands and it's out there and you're like well it's finished you know? that's great let's go <laughs> and to have, to have one that people are excited about is is a, a new and different experience and it's, it feels really nice yeah i mean i when i saw it that it was doing so well i was really happy for you guys because you know i've obviously known you for a few years and seen you work on a bunch of stuff so to see something that is actually yours do so well i'm super proud of you and like just felt lots of joy so i'm I'm really stoked for you guys yeah oh thank you do you guys do a bunch of like horror movie research i mean i know tone probably didn't because he doesn't like being scared (laughs) uh the other two the other two um or i guess there's other people who obviously worked on the book do you guys do a bunch of like research um i wouldn't call it necessarily horror movie research i mean i generally just watch horror movies all the time anyway like that like that's what i like um because you're not scared no i I never scared Uh, (laughs) i heard that song famous last words all the last words um but i don't know if i did any specifically like let me watch serial killer movies or let me i mean i watched like some dog horror movies but not even to to put me in the, in the mindset of this thing. Like I had a pretty clear idea of what it was just from sort of like a lifetime of, of horror movies and horror novels and comics, you know? Um, so I didn't have to do too much research in that way, but I'm always, there's always a steady flow of horror movies coming into my head uh, and running on my TV. I'm a big fan of Shudder. Uh, yeah, too. I just like that there's always like every week there's like one or two brand new horror movies I can take a look at. Yep. Um, and did, you, did you happen to watch the most recent about the killer pants? I'm just curious. No, <laughs> no, I haven't turned it on. I, I, the last one I saw that I really liked was the one about the grandparents that were trying to resurrect their their grandson. It was like, a, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about when you get a chance, watch. I forgot what it's called. I think it's called Slacks with two X's, mm-hmm. but it's about uh, pants that 
kill people. Like I'm not kidding. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. sisterhood of the traveling pants, but with a very dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Pants aren't gonna get me this year, man. I'm all short all the time. <laughs> no, I'm not a horror. I don't watch horror movies. Uh, at least not. You know, I used to like back in the day. Of course, you know, you watched your standards, your Nightmare on Elm Streets, your your Friday the Thirteenth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I like, uh, you know, Saw came along and broke me, and I was like, never, nope, I'm done with <laughs> horror movies forever now. Um, I'm just not, I'm just not into that. You know, that's because um, you know, I actually saw the first one and I actually liked it, and then I saw the second one, and that's the one that made me go, no, no, I can't do this. <laughs> that first one I thought was really good. Yeah. As far as research for the thing, I, I did send everybody on the team, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Nico Henrikan's uh, Pride of Baghdad, just as sort of like, a, the, you know, this is the high bar that we want to sort of uh, aim at. That's the one about the lions that escape from the zoo in Baghdad. And it's told the so beauty of these lions. Um, and then I also sent everybody Alto. <laughs> so it was just sort of like a, a package from Amazon that just had this Brian K. Vaughn book and Balto. Yeah. Um, and then some so like different people got different things. Like I sent the colorist this painting book of like paintings that I really like. So it was sort of like I had a real vision for it and, and I tr- and sort of shared inspirations, inspirational stuff with the team, but not so much horror research, really. Yeah. You mentioned your colorist and I really enjoy the coloring in the book. Yeah. I, I think it really lends well to the to the style of the art. And um when you go, so do you, is this a colorist that you knew or do you go looking for a colorist? I'm always interested to in how, how people find colorists. Yeah, it's a, it's a real trick to find one that you, you mesh with really well. And this one, uh, Brad Simpson, um, he colored the last uh, project that, that me and Tone worked on together too called Time Shopper, uh, which is a completely different uh, project than this, like completely different uh, vibe. Uh, but his colors in it were very like textured and painty. Um, and like, he did mood really well. And I just knew like, well, this, and we communicated really well and he took notes really well and was collaborative. And so like, he's just a real super good dude and like a super talented artist. Um, and he used to be a landscape painter. So he just sort of has this understanding of like, you know, how to do a cool sky or like, you know, how to push stuff back and bring other stuff forward or, you know, like how to make something, uh, put mood into stuff or like, you know, put little hints of red in places to sort of symbolize stuff. Um, he's just really smart and really good at, at the thing and collaborative. Cause I'm a, a huge pain in the ass as a, I mean, I'm the writer co-creator of this thing, but I also am always up everybody else's ass all the time. Like, just like, I'll uh, maybe tweak this a little bit or sort of you <laughs> no. what? Uh, and Brad's like never had any issue you know like a I, I have I'm too guilty to go too hard you know like I never go like start over or anything like that and I wouldn't need to because he's so good but like anytime I go just like I'll make this thing gray instead of green or whatever he's just like oh yeah no problem uh and so that that's very helpful like we fit together really well and most importantly he's probably on time right yeah, so far so good. We're uh, we're hitting all our deadlines, but yeah, he was even like I. We had a real specific look for the thing that's not what regular comics look like. Like all the characters in our book uh, aren't rendered. You know, they're just flat colors because we wanted them to look like animation cells. 
um, and the backgrounds are rendered. And then if there is any sort of like color on them, like we'll put like a tint on them, like they would used to do in like, well, I mean, in animation where like, you know, the character Donald Duck gets scared, he'll have like a red tint over his whole character. But we'll do stuff like that. And like when I explained it to him, you could tell at first he was just like, this is fucking crazy. Like, this is not going to work. Uh, we did it and he was like, oh, I get it. You know, like you just went right along with it. So it's uh, it's been a really great collaboration. I love him. And we like we just turned in issue four um, and we'd had the, the line art done forever. But just the when the last colors came in, it was just like, oh, man, it's a thing. You know, like it looks exactly like I hoped it was going to look like it looks like a thing. Uh, so yeah, it's great. It's it's great working with him. Yeah, that's great. Well, shout out to Brad to Brad Simpson. Used to be in Northern California, Brad Simpson. But he moved to to Portland. He used to be up in your hood ish. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Did he was he part of the the mass COVID exodus from Northern California's <laughs> I, expensive real estate? I think he was right before COVID. But yeah, he he moved like a year year and a half ago. And speaking of COVID, how how I guess exciting i don't know if that's the right word but for all of you guys to kind of work on a project that's that's took off and done so well it, during this time like to have that i mean it's probably really fulfilling you know like there's a lot of people this has been a really dark time and yeah. they haven't had anything positive come out of it right yeah it's been so, uh i mean for, for myself personally like it's been one of the only real bright things you know Luckily, I didn't catch COVID. Uh, like, I've been way too scared. I've, I've been inside almost for two straight years. But, like, almost everything else in my life has been uh, not great. Uh, but this one thing has been, you know, like, has been good enough that it sort of evens it out, you know? Like, it's, it's you know, I can't complain about anything because of how great this has been. Well, and then, so that leads me to my, my next thing I want to talk to you all about is, Speaking of great, so the the book, the movie rights were bought by Paramount Pictures. So please, like, tell me how that happens. And, and do you have input? Do any of you guys have input or get to work on it? Or is it just image sells the rights and you guys watch it become? Or what what happens from that? For well, I think the cool thing with image is that we get to keep it. So the the, the it's all ours. So Tony kind of drove the whole that whole you know thing it was a movie before we even it was a movie that that discussion was happening before the comic even happened well before the comic uh solicit like the first issue was done and we had a preview uh copy printed up to give to retailers and stuff at uh at like this industry thing called comics pro um and then when we when we got those things printed um, I, I gave them to my manager and to my friend, Gary, who's a, a screenwriter and producer. Um, and he was a huge fan of the, uh, of the idea. And, and he loved the comic, you know, like, like even what was just done of it, he would like look at scripts and give me notes and help me with like outlines and stuff. So he was sort of like involved from, from the very beginning and like just sort of encouraging me and like helping me out with, you know, Cause this is like the second issue of this book was the first time I ever wrote a second issue of anything, you know, like I, I've only written like, you know, one shots or graphic novels or, you know, like I haven't done a, an extended run like this before. So I, ha- I was sort of taking any help I could get, but uh, Gary 
uh, is very successful as a screenwriter and he's sort of in a position where he can get meetings with people and people want to like hear ideas from him and he and he came with this you know original uh dog story and you know like he and and luckily not luckily there was covid but because of covid so much was shut down and it was just around that time that studios were deciding like it's going to be tough to do like productions that you have to shoot on locations or on sets uh and we should sort of switch and try and do more stuff that we can do in animation so it just happened to be at the right time where they were like let's do other kind of stuff in animation than just kid stuff or family stuff and and we sort of were there with this idea right at that time uh so yeah we sold it in july of last year um and they and they have it for you know a set period of time to sort of develop it and and see if they're gonna actually do it but if they do it it'll be of the first ever animated horror movie from a major motion picture studio you know wow yeah that's awesome Congratulations. Oh, thanks yeah it might be super cool like we got all our fingers and toes crossed because it, it would be huge you know it'd be super cool i mean first of all i don't think we've seen a movie like you know in that style hopefully they would do it in the 2d style like exactly how the comic is and I just speculate. That's all I can sit here and do is just daydream and speculate. Like it could, it could look like, it could look like all dogs go to heaven, but freaking awesome, you know. I mean, that movie was awesome, but you know, but like a little more tightened down plot than all yeah. dogs go to heaven. <laughs> oh yeah, so, all dogs go to heaven is off in some weird directions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm. I'm. I've obviously seen the movie a hundred years ago, but I can't remember that the plot was was really all over the place in that movie is charlie that, that kind of how it went yeah so bruce willis and dom de start out and they're in dog jail which is not like a pound necessarily it's like a full-on prison that has like it looks like alcatraz <laughs> they break out of there and then they go back to see their dog crime boss who's this dude named carface uh and they want to get back into business you know like they, it's basically like a crime movie and then they meet this sweet little shirley temple girl uh, and she wants to like, she believes in them being good dogs. Is, am I right? I'm right, right, Trish? Yeah, she talks to animals. Did, did you say Bruce Willis? You meant you meant Burt Reynolds. I meant Burt Reynolds. Yeah, I'm sorry. Burt Reynolds. That's that. That's what I thought yeah. too. I was like, Bruce Willis was in that movie. <laughs> I, I was I like, got really excited. I'm like, I gotta watch the movie. Bruce Willis. Voice. I'm all in. Yeah, I was. I was like so taken back by that. I was like, whoa, Bruce Willis. I do not. Who did he play? Burt Reynolds, the Bruce Willis of his day, of course. <laughs> of course, yes. <laughs> that's funny. That's cool. So, um, you guys have this really cool concept with your with your uh, with your cover variants where you're doing like spoofs on other famous uh horror movies but with with cartoon dogs instead and so i think the first one's the the variant is is uh, a carry right is that right no the first one was silence of the lambs uh the carry one was issue two uh but it was from cape and cowl up there in uh i think in oakland right Oh, that's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yes. That was exclusive just for that Cape and Cowell store, which is a great store, by the way. Shout out to yeah. Cape and Cowell. Ramon Villalobos drew that one. Um, and, and I did the design and color on it. Um, I wasn't I wasn't biased at all. It was only my favorite dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one on that carry variant is Trish's dog uh, or our character that's based on Trish's dog. 
Um, right. But yeah, and then the second issue had a um, pet cemetery, and the third one that comes out next week has an Annabelle uh, homage cover. And then four is Demons, and five is Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I just got my comp. Just saw the cover, so yeah, it looks awesome. You said you said number five was what, Tony? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, fun. That's cool. So do you, do you guys sit together and kind of plan those out or is that, is, is that all one of you or who does the decisions on who does the variants? We planned them out a long time ago. Mm. Uh, Trish and I, and we just sort of went back and forth and kick covers around and, and it had to be very specific, you know, like it couldn't be anything where the dogs were carrying something or had, like it couldn't be Texas chainsaw because he's holding a chainsaw, you know, and the dogs don't have hands. So it just looked ridiculous if they were holding a chainsaw. Um, what I liked about like the Friday the 13th one, for instance, um, the silhouette is of the master and he's holding a leash instead of a big knife. And the dogs are just kind of in the background, like real small. Like the, the I just really like that one a lot. So like whenever we need someone with hands, we tend to use the master a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I was a big fan of Pet Cemetery was the first horror movie i saw that really really freaked me out and scared me but also got me into liking horror so i i really enjoy the the, the pet cemetery homage cover very good work on that and uh and also friday the 13th that poster that the one that you guys were referencing is such an iconic horror movie poster right yeah you see it from across the room you're just like oh it's friday the 13th you know um we originally weren't sure we wanted to do the horror, horror movie homages, and we we got convinced to do them because Cat uh, Salzar image was like, uh, well, this is a very direct way to tell somebody what this book is. You know, they see cartoon dog, they see a horror movie, like like that says right there, like horror movie cartoon dog. You know, without having to pitch it. You know, like shops that are great will pitch it to their customers, and and they can sell it that way. If you're in a shop that is too busy to pitch or just doesn't, you know, like doesn't care to, you know, that will sell the book if they just, you know, like it sort of says what the concept is without having to actually sit down and talk to somebody about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm super glad we did it because they've been real successful. Like people are super psyched about them. Try and hunt down all of them. And stuff. Yeah. Do you guys have it? Is there a guest artist for any of the other covers? Um. Does you get do you get Tone Rodriguez as a guest cover artist for one of the covers? Yeah, I don't know why we didn't have a Tone Rodriguez cover. Oh, Tone wow. Rodriguez is in the he's still doing layouts for issue five. I don't I can't burden oh, him with anything else yet. He, he's too busy. <laughs> they're, they're on the table right now. They're on the table right now. Wow. It's you know, I'll be honest with you, that's the question I get all the time. It's like, oh, so which what, what cover are you doing? What's your variant cover? And I just sit there and I go, they didn't ask me to do that. <laughs> now I feel horrible. <laughs> and then they go, well, well, no, 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 no. Then they go, well, why don't you ask them? And it's like, no. It's like, they know they know I'm doing this other stuff. It's like, they, they clearly have people that they want to do them. It's like, I don't, again, I don't I don't even take it as a slight. It's only, like I said, just now when they said it, I just sat there and shook my head. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so we did them all ourselves. <laughs> I'm going to go walk into traffic now. See you guys later. All right. Nice talking to you, Trish. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> we did them all. Wow, it's got dark. We did every cover, me and Trish, uh, ourselves. Um, and then there have been a couple of retailer variants where 
I like the Ramon Villalobos one. Was it Cape and Cowell? Um, and then there's a store in Texas that had this artist, Stan Yak, that did a Blair Witch uh, Project variant cover. Um, Which, by the way, is my favorite cover. Oh, thanks. I think. That turned out to be like the sleeper hit, I think. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people ask me where to get that one from. I think it's sold yeah. out now. I get a lot of people asking me all the time, where can they get those covers? And I'm like, I, I don't I, like they're written on the back of the books, but I, I don't I don't know which which story gets them. Well, if you sign up, I was like, no, I'm just glad I got my. <laughs> yeah, you got all of them. Uh, people can find out if they go to. Yeah, they, I mean, if they go to straydogscomic.com, we've got an email list and we send out a like a mailer every time there's a new uh, variant cover or something exclusive or something that you need to chase down. Like we make sure people know where that's at and we're doing uh, we haven't really announced it yet, but we're doing an issue five uh, variant cover with uh, what's it called? Uh, like Wayback Comics. It's a comic shop in Texas, um, and Ryan Kincaid's doing doing that one. Who you guys probably know from conventions. Uh, he's a good dude. He used to live out here too. Oh, we have another number five with another retailer. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and we're doing one for Bird City Comics. Uh, that's a. It's going to be a Stephen King's it. Uh, Ooh, the nice. newer one, not the, not the TV one. Yeah, I feel like nobody remembers the TV show anymore. To be honest, I mean, I like that TV show. We watched. It. So do we I. It before the second, before it part two came out, we went and watched the first one, and then because the ending is so hard to do in like in both of them, I don't think they really nailed it because Spider. Yeah, never. Uh, and so we watched the first one just to sort of like set our expectations. Like here's what here's what they're trying to do. Let's see if they do it any better. <laughs> Smart call. Well, if you guys ever decide you need a zombie, like a like a hot zombie dog uh, <laughs> cover variant, you know you you know how to get a hold of me. So email, yeah, and I'll, I'll help you guys out. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you could send me a note. Yeah, issue four we did. Uh, it's a uh, it's the Italian movie Demons, uh, the Argento yes. and. Uh, a Lamberto Bava thing, and that's got zombies in it. So the dogs are sort of zombie dogs, but they're like silhouettes on the on the cover. So we didn't get to do full on, like gory Lucio Fulci zombies yet. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how it would work. We'll see. So with the success of this and 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 such, have you been getting any kind of uh, calls or or job offers that that kind of have been like a snowball effect from from the success of this book so far? Uh, like next project kind of stuff. I mean, I know what my next project is. I, I don't. I haven't gotten those calls from Stray Dogs yet. Trish, you, have you? You've gotten some work off of this already, right? Some cover stuff. I got some uh, cover stuff with uh, um, Bird City for a different book. So I did a cover for Warcorns. Um, I think it'll be issue four. Not sure, but I I did one for them, and that was really fun. But yeah, I think it'll be out in May. But like Marvel and DC aren't like hitting us up and asking us to do like. Man, I want to be the comics books. dog lady. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be the comics dog lady. I can draw all your dogs. It's cool. <laughs> well, I think what will happen is is kind of what we've seen in other like Marvel. I think Marvel is really good at doing it is doing their characters as like different versions of them. So there, it just may be that you are going to do Marvel comic cover variants where all of the characters are dog versions yes like, like alternate universe stuff i'm good with yeah. that like what if 
what if Captain America was a golden retriever? That'd be cool. <laughs> I love that idea. Uh, I would totally do it. <laughs> yeah, Tom, what about you? You're like, you've done a million covers. What kind of, what, what's your next, um, what's in your bag for, for next, next up after this? Well, I just heard Tony Fleece has got his next thing lined up, so I'm kind of hoping on that. Got my fingers <laughs> crossed. I like working with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're doing our own stuff with that OMG book. Um, you know, we've been kickstarting it, and it's 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 been doing pretty okay. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, with, with this book, let me tell you, like, we were doing regular events, because, uh, again, even with COVID and whatnot, like, we have shows that were still going on out here in the Dallas area. So this whole time, the West Coast and a lot of the country kind of shut down. Texas really kind of stepped it up and there was they were doing shows with the whole lockdown and whatever with masking up and the, the social distancing. Um, but since the first issue dropped, let me tell you, it this book has made people just freak out. Like, I've had people come after me um, asking about getting, you know, the, the variants and the comps and, you know, like, I, I need a copy of this. I need it. <laughs> and I'll do an event like we had an event set up in Phoenix where we were there to promote the OMG book. And then when they ran the advertisement for it, it literally was just straight on, <laughs> you know, artist Rodriguez. So this book has definitely, definitely blown some people's minds. So it's it's been good. And you know, whenever whenever something comes out and it draws uh, some attention to, you know, the fact that you've got a you know part of it or a little piece of it. Again, when the book came out and I got my comps and I saw that Tony had actually had my name on the cover of this book. I, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I mm -hmm. didn't expect that at all. Tony has been very, very good to me, and I'm forever grateful to him. Same. Wow. That's very sweet. Well, you guys have been working together for a long time. Like, How, how many years have you guys been kind of doing work? I've, I mean, I've seen you at conventions as long as I can remember to kind of together. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, we started working in the in Tony, what, what year was that when you moved to L.A.? Well, I moved to L.A. in 2006. Uh, but we started working in the studio together in like 2009. Uh, Tone had a studio that was in the back of his house okay. uh, up here in North Hollywood. And so from like 2009 through 2000, did you leave in 14, 15? Uh, uh, 15, just, just at the beginning yeah. of 15. So for like yeah. six years, we worked together like every day in the same place. Um, and we did like some projects like we would collaborate on or like we would do like little freelance jobs. We drew a whole issue of a comic that was like a, a story we were going to do together that he drew and I wrote and uh, and that nobody wanted to publish that for us. So it just became like an issue that just exists, you know, it's just on a hard drive now. Um, mm. And then well, maybe now, maybe now that can come out with the, <laughs> the success of this. Straight yeah, on. hopefully that would be nice. Um, but then when Tom moved away, uh, I started working on these projects there where I was just a writer and I, I didn't do hardly any of the artwork. Uh, but I loved working with Tone. And so I started bringing him in to do layouts like this. Um, and on Time Shopper, he did all the layouts too, which is a book that we're going to kickstart in a couple of months from now. But it's just sort of, it's nice to have him in the mix because I, like, I know to have a shorthand and we can sort of talk to each other. Um, he understands the references and what I'm going for. I can just go like, just do something like this or whatever. 
And so it's just, it's just really nice. And he always, you know, comes through. And also it's hilarious. And with a distance, you can't hit me anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't come wake you up from a, from a dead sleep and get you to come back to work. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just funny because uh, we're, we're talking about like, what was it? 2007 or whatever. When Tony started working in the studio for the longest time, we would get, I'd get a phone call in the studio and Tony would be working in the studio and, and uh, I, they would say, yeah, so who's in the studio? And I said, ah, well, I'm here. And, you know, uh, uh, Chris's buddy, Tony's here. And for the longest time, I would refer to Tony as Chris's buddy. Chris Moreno was one of the other gentlemen in the studio. And then after about six months of doing that, Tony finally said, so why do you keep calling me like Chris's buddy, Tony? And I said, well, I thought you knew Chris before I knew you and it was like no I met you before I met Chris so it was just the craziest dopiest thing I ever used to do I always thought that was funny yeah it was like you'd always call me Chris's buddy and I was like we spend every day together <laughs> like it was like a girlfriend when they're like why won't you call me your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> well now you can call Tony uh I don't know. Trish's friend Tony that's right and, how about that? <laughs> and Trish what's it like for you you're, you're kind of like the you know they, these guys have been working together for all these years how is it for I'm just you? the third wheel it's yeah. fine <laughs> yeah. I just you know I like listening to the stories the the banter it's great um and it's been really cool to get to know Tone through this whole thing too because I didn't I wasn't familiar with Tone even though Tone's been involved in things that I love like The Office and just the Simpsons comics. I mean, all of it. I, I had no idea until until I actually met him that he was involved in these these things that I loved. So, you know, I, I just got I just got a Treehouse of Horror issue signed by Tone in the mail. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, so I'm like, this is going up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, Tone, you're working Treehouse of Horror is some of my favorite stuff you've done, but. I didn't know you did. What did you do on The Office? What kind of work did you do with that? I don't think I. Oh, oh, oh Jimmy Helper. <laughs> I, yeah, I did. I did two separate. Let me grab it real quick. Hold on one second. Oh, you can't see it. This is this is. Um, this is just audio, but this is not television. Yeah, that's okay. We can see it. That's okay. <laughs> we can see it, and I'll describe it to our. Yeah, yeah. So it's the Jimmy Halpert, the Adventures of Jimmy Halpert. It, I, I made this for the show. And as a matter of fact, Tony worked on it as well. Tony helped me with with everything about it, as far as coloring, uh, helping me put the word balloons on it, and even putting the staples in it. I mean, my God, uh, the fact that people don't know that Tony worked on it as well is mind boggling to me. Hey, I didn't, didn't but, know uh, that. And that was a background. Yeah, no background. Tony, I, look, but we did. We worked more together on the other thing. Yeah. See, I was going to mention that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, after we did that uh we got a call a couple of years later and, and they were like oh we we need some more stuff from you and i was like oh great because you know i remember you know having you know done this and so i said was another comic book and they were like just come down to the office and so i went down to the office and they asked us to make uh hentai porn for the show <laughs> is that true so if if anyone yeah it is true it there's an episode with Michael. Michael is leaving the show, the, 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 the office. And I guess he's helping everybody with, um, with 
something to, to, so that he can like leave. Like he feels like he's helped everybody with something. And so it's his last episode and uh, he wants to help uh, Leslie Stanley with um, Leslie's his real name. Uh, some uh, Sudoku or Sudoku uh, or crossword puzzles because he's always got a crossword puzzle book in his hand. And so they fight over it because he wants to help them with it. And so they're fighting over it and it gets thrown up in the air. And when it all lands on the floor, it's hentai porn. Mm. And then they cut to Stanley in like that confessional area and he goes, it's called hentai and it's art. <laughs> and they shot it. And I knew I knew what episode it was. So it was it's literally the only episode of The Office I ever watched because even the episode with the Jimmy Halpert, I missed it. So <laughs> I'm sitting there watching the episode and they never showed it. And I, for the longest time, I was like, holy cow, it's like they, they didn't use it. And the only thing that I could assume is that the actors had a lot of say with what they could do or would do. And so they shot it, and then I think Leslie was like, eh, you know, this really makes my character look like a weirdo from day one. And he's not a weirdo. He, everything just makes it look like he's a weirdo. So he was, they shot it, and they just didn't use it for the show. But it's online. If you go online, you'll, you'll see it. Yeah, it was a deleted it's, it's uh, on YouTube. It's trouble. That was a great weekend. Like, yeah. Me and Tone, just who, normally we're just in the studio working on Simpsons or My Little Pony or whatever. And for a whole weekend, we just drew, like, the most disgusting hentai porn um mm -hmm. and then and colored it and it's all like bright brightly colored and beautiful uh and then when you see it on the office it's crazy that they they paid us a bunch to do it uh but when you see it it's all blurred yeah. out too like you can just see like a couple faces they could have really paid us to do like you know one face and then just made everything else blurry but I thought they did that on purpose. Like they had to commission somebody to draw it because they couldn't just use whatever was on the internet and they on purpose were going to blur it out right yeah but they didn't want the license they knew from day one they just didn't want anybody to come after them later to go oh you used my artwork even though they digitized it they were like oh you, you still pay us so they needed to have their own artwork so it, the, the weirdest thing about the whole thing is i always prided myself on like not wanting to work on anything i couldn't show my mother <laughs> so, so yeah so somewhere somewhere in the studio i have those copies of those hentai drawings they're just they they, they rear their ugly little heads every so often well it, it sounds to me like and not not that i'm talking about myself but i think when conventions start back you could you you should probably bring those out and sell them for a high price since they were you know for the well, office that, I mean, again, not for me again not for me that, but that's someone else <laughs> no 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 because you you'd get them on the down low it's like here here's my little black envelope with a hint of corn in it yeah. uh yeah no I, it's been a yeah exactly it's been a threat because it's very funny because so many people ask about the jimmy halpert and then when i mention like because that the, it inevitably inevitably turns into so what else have you done for for the office and then i tell them about the hentai porn and their eyes light up and they're like, well, do you have those? It's like, no, yeah. I don't have those. <laughs> I think you've done pretty well with those Jimmy Alfreds. You should just make prints. Yeah. We actually even made a sketch cover of the Jimmy Halpert. We have a Jimmy Halpert now with a sketch cover, which I will more than happily send uh, 
one or two over to Trish. Yay! Uh, seeing as how she's a huge fan of it. Yeah. I love them. So, yeah. So, again, it's 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 just crazy weird. It's, it's the silliest thing, but I'd forgotten all about that for about eight years. And I think, I think Tony had made mention it to someone. I thought I, maybe he mentioned it to Mike Melrick from our show up in uh, uh, Stockton. Stockton at Stockton con. Cause at Stockton, yeah, he came to me and he, it's no, somebody else came to me and they said, Hey, you worked on the, the office comic. And I said, no, nah, I, I don't know what the office comic is. I, I, I've never worked on the comic book either. They leave and then they come back. He's like, no, no, I, I, I was just talking to somebody and they said, you worked on the, uh, the Jimmy Halpert comic. And I'm like, no, nah, never heard of it. <laughs> I think you're thinking of someone else. <laughs> and so Mike, Mike eventually came over with this person and Mike was like, Tone, you worked on the comic for The Office, the Jimmy Halpert thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. it is so dopey but yeah like, I've forgotten a lot of the work that I've worked on and in the last maybe maybe six years like just before I left LA I, I started making these because people ask about them all the time so yeah shout out so to Mike cool, Miller in Stockton Con speaking of cons are y'all what do you how do you are you excited i mean tone i know i and i saw you on on social media posting about being at shows in texas because you know texas does whatever texas wants but <laughs> how do you guys feel about like when conventions start back up are you excited to get back out there and, and or are you like dredging like pushing you know a dolly down a hallway to set up for <laughs> you know i definitely haven't missed it this year having a year off uh Cause I would usually go hard. Like I would do, like, I know you do a ton of them too, but I would do like 20 in a year. Uh, and just, it's just so much working full time, making comics. And then on the weekend, you know, like taking four days out every week to go fly someplace. Um, so I know a lot of people have just been like chomping at the bit to get back. Uh, but I was just like, what a nice break, you know, like is for everything horrible going on, like to just sort of be able to chill for a year and not get on an airplane. I was fine with that, but I have started talking. I don't know. I feel like I'm of two hearts with this with this thing. It's going to be like, oh, we're back out in the world. There's a lot of people here. <gasps> There's a lot of people here. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just going to be, it, I'm going to probably have a panic attack or something. I think the people who, you know, kind of miss it the most are the people who kind of rely on it the most. Yeah. Um, you know, I, one of the things is like, I, I do a show with Tony and Tony would kill and then I'd make, you know, my pittance or whatever. And I'd always kind of fall back on the whole thing where I'm not doing conventions as my business. I do the condition conventions in addition to my business. My, my business is working at home. My business is, is comic book pages waiting for me to get done or commissions or whatever. I, and I, so I think that the, the, the fact that so many people were having a rough year because they relied on the shows just kind of show you that it's a bad business model to basically rely on, you know, this, you know, monthly or whatever kind of addition to your income it's like i like i said i draw comic books for a living i don't do conventions for a living yeah i do i am bummed out that, I, that we're missing the whole like basically i've, I've signed up to do shows like a, one or two small ones later this year but by the time i do them all of stray dogs will be out so i feel like i'm missing the whole like 
seeing people excited about the book or not knowing what's coming up, you know, like by the time conventions come back, uh, everybody will know what happened at the end of the thing, you know. They'll get to punch you in real life. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're hurting dogs. Really? I mean, we, we don't wow. want to spoil anything. We're not hurting dogs. No, 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 no. No, no dogs were harmed in the making of this no. comic, right? Absolutely. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> yeah, there, there are, there are a few conventions that I know that that are scheduled to happen. So the main thing I miss about conventions, you know, sure you can make a few bucks, but like it's getting to see all you guys and like say hi and catch up, you know, grab a beer or whatever. It's just like the community aspect yeah. of of seeing artist friends and and mm-hmm. and just the people that we always see just at these cons. So um that's the main thing but i guess that's everything during this time right is you you just miss seeing the people you see yeah so i feel like i missed out on like the big promotion rush for this because you know i had never been to a san diego comic-con i've never been to a new york comic-con i've never been to like the huge like a wonder con or anything like that i've never been to any of those i've only I stuck local because, you know, I have this day job and I only get so many days off a year. So it's like, you know, I, I wanted, I've always wanted to do like a big comic con and I, I got to do a virtual panel. That was cool. But you know, it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. This definitely yeah. feels like a book that they would have announced at like an image expo or a New York comic con or something, you know, like we did miss out on getting to have that part of the experience. It's kind of a bummer, but you know, at, in a yeah. year. As far as bummers go, it's really not that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, maybe by the time, because I know San Diego Comic Con is going to do like a, a November, like a smaller version, and maybe I don't know if the trade will be out by then. So yeah. But, so maybe you could be there for like a trade signing or something. Who knows? I we'll see. Yeah, it's close to here, and trade comes out September fifteenth, so it'll be out by the time they're doing that thing. Oh, nice. Real, so. You know, just as we start to wrap up, I just want to let you guys give a little shout out of where people can can find you, follow you, check out your art, follow you on Instagram or, or Twitter or whatever. Um, Tony, what where can people find find your stuff? Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Tony Fleece, F-L-E-E-C-S. Uh, and like I said earlier, we've got a, a website that's basically just a landing page and an email list, uh, straydogscomic.com. If you want to just know Stray Dog stuff, uh, go check that out. Um, and then we send out emails whenever a new issue comes out or there's a new, like I said, new variant or we're doing a free comic book day issue. So like information about that and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, awesome. And Trish? I'm Trish Forstner on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, if you want to see just like regular doodles or me constantly retweeting reviews for Stray Dogs. Um, and Instagram for pictures of my dog and whatever food I've had. <laughs> I saw that. Very, very nice food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever food I make. <laughs> um, uh, and tell them, besides conventions in Texas, where can people find you right now? You know, I just had to pull up my Twitter to actually see it because this is a new one. Yeah, I'm apparently Tony Rodriguez at Tony Rodriguez 4. No idea why, what it is. Yeah, don't no idea what that means. Uh, but yeah, that's Twitter, <laughs> Tone Rodriguez four, the number four. Uh, and then uh, Instagram and uh, you know Facebook is uh, Tone Rodriguez, the number two thousand, Tone Rodriguez two thousand. 
Um, I tell people I'm easy to find. So that's awesome. Um, I, I'm actually going to follow you guys right now, just so you guys know. Sweet. But I just wanted to, one thing we do here on the show at the end of each episode, uh, I actually ask everybody the same question, no matter what profession they have, I, I always ask them. So we'll start with Tone and then we'll go to Trish and then we'll go to Tony. Tone, if you can give our audience a recommendation of any comic book to read, what would it be? You can't say your book. Obviously, we're going to recommend your book like crazy. But any other book, what would you recommend our audience to read? Holy cow. That's a loaded question. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say any book is a good book to read. People need to read books, uh, and the reason why I say this is because since I moved out to Louisiana, getting into a comic book shop to actually see new books almost does not exist. The closest comic book shop to me is about 35 miles away, so mm. I have no idea what's out there right now. So I am in a horrible, horrible little spot with it. So uh, read Stray Dogs. <laughs> what part of Louisiana are you in? I'm up in a place called Downsville, which is uh, between Ruston and Monroe. Mm, I know. And it's really nice. Don't get me wrong. Please don't think for one second that I'm like, oh, burp, burp. I love it out here. We are actually mm -hmm. out in the country now. It is uh, a nine-mile drive between the highway and where we live, it is Billy Badass. But <laughs> we have a tiny little store in Ruston. Uh, I still have no idea where the store is in uh, Monroe. And then there's a huge shop up in uh, Shreveport that I still haven't had a chance to step into. So it's uh, it's just a different world out here. I'm, I'm, I miss the San Fernando Valley with like the 150 comic book shops, so. Well, that was a great answer. Up in Downsville sounds like a really cool uh, country style. I got Dr. <laughs> Seuss book. <laughs> yeah. Up in Downsville. Uh, Trish, your turn. Um, right now I'm reading uh, other image books. You know, Noctera, Shadecraft. I've, I've been, well, Shadecraft because, you know, the showrunner for Lucifer, one of my favorite yeah. shows on Shadecraft. So, you know, of course I had to check that out. And um, Noctera because it just seems so, like, different so yeah i mean i'm reading a lot of uh, a lot of other image books uh indie indie type stuff and um you know not 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 the batman and superman and you know your marvel stuff isn't cool it's just you know i just feel like you know indie stuff needs more love i i completely i completely agree with you i think personally and i'm not just saying this because you're on the show uh but image comics truly has the best line of comics i think right now yeah, I agree. They're easier to jump onto too, you know, like you can't just tell somebody to go pick up Captain America because even the, the one that started the one that's going on right now started like three years ago, you know, so like exactly. there's such a high barrier to, of entry to anything. I say read uh, Usagi Ojimbo, like if you like animals and violence. Uh, Wonderful call. Wonderful call. I would call. recommend that. <laughs> yeah, Usagi's great. Um, yeah, amazing. I like this book called Witch Hat Atelier. Uh, it's a manga um, there was a free comic book day for it like two years ago and I got hooked on it. It's just like super beautiful uh, comic about it's sort of like Harry Potter. Um, but it's about these little kids training to be witches. Um, and this the main girl is named Coco and she's trained to be a witch because she accidentally turned her mother to stone and only her own can turn her mother back. So she has to learn how to control her magic. Uh, that's really good. And I like these uh true crime 
murder comics by Rick Geary called, um, well, they'll be called like the assassination of Abraham Lincoln or the Black Dahlia. They're called whatever the true crime is, but he collects them in these books called like a, a treasury of 20th century murder or a treasury of Victorian murder. And they're from NBN publishing. Uh, Rick Geary is a super great San Diego cartoonist, but I think lives in New Mexico now, but uh, he just does these really great true crime comics that I like a lot. That's awesome. I actually have never um, read a true crime comic, so I'm pretty excited to check that out now. Thank you. Yeah, the, the one I always recommend to people is just go on Amazon and grab the Black Dahlia one. Because okay. like you like if you dig true crime, you know the Black Dahlia case. You sort of already have a basis for it, but gotcha. just sort of get the vibe. It's great. Awesome. Uh, Mike, before I wrap up, any last words as always? Yeah, I just want to say talking to y'all, like uh, it, I really feel this longing to to get back to to the convention just to see you guys and be around artists and comics and just the stuff we love it just really um it, it makes me miss it yeah and i feel very nostalgic right now for a comic convention so thank you guys so much for coming on and talking talking comics and everything else yeah i feel like this is the first year in probably you know 15 years that you and i haven't been in the same room together at least once you know that's it's right weird. <laughs> yeah agree uh, thank you again for coming. And before I officially can close this out, can we all just give Mike a round of applause for how wonderful that was? Mike, you're so good. <laughs> Mike, uh, thank you. Stop again. trying to embarrass me in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not what I'm doing. If I wanted to do that, you know what I would say, and I'm not going to do that. So, <laughs> uh, but as always, everybody, uh, thank you for listening. And remember, respect each other, love each other, and we'll see you all next week. Thank you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you.